So, you know, when you're at an audition, just look around. It's really likely that everyone in that waiting room that's going in for the same roles is a similar type as you. But what sets you apart and what's actually gonna get you hired is your brand, your uniqueness, your you-ness, whatever you wanna call it, you know? But it's gonna be your unique look, your unique life experiences, and your perspective that you bring to the material that's gonna win you the role. This is your unique brand. And this is really where I start with all of my clients and my classes. What we call it is an exercise called finding the me in your social media. Welcome to episode 72 of the Hollywood Hustle podcast, where this week we share the stories of an actor turned marketing for actors guru and how her social media skills help others thrive and survive in the city of dreams, Los Angeles. I'm your host, Michael Lutheran, and I am so excited for you to be joining us this week. Today on the podcast, we are jumping back into the social media hustle, whether you're an actor, writer, filmmaker, an entrepreneur, or anything else involved in basically any industry, you're now expected to be on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, well, maybe not that one. But in order for you and your work to be noticed, you need to have some type of online representation for you to get noticed. But where do you start? How do you create something of value that isn't just adding to the white noise that is your daily social media feed? That's where Heidi Dean comes in. Heidi is a social media boss, and what's better is that she helps you become a boss of your own social media accounts. So on today's episode, we're bringing you the full discussion with Heidi so that you can absorb all of the tips and information she drops in today's episode so that you can start applying those lessons to your hustle this week. Then, after the interview, I'm joined by a very special guest to discuss our thoughts on today's interview, as well as to give updates to our own individual journeys and give you some support as well. Now, let the hustle begin. I am so excited for today's guest. Uh, it's been a long communication uh, to get here, uh, a lot of scheduling uh, back and forth, but finally she is here. Ladies and gentlemen, Heidi Dean is the industry's top social media expert for actors and the creator of marketingforactors.com and the 21 Day Social Rockstar Challenge. She's a graduate of NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and was a working professional SAG and AEA actor for over 20 years. Combining her years of industry experience with cutting edge social media strategy, she helps you leverage the power of social media to open more doors for your acting career. Her clients include Emmy Award winners, Broadway stars, recording artists, directors, producers, filmmakers, and actors just like you. Heidi turns social media rookies into freaking rock stars. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Heidi Dean. Hi, Heidi. Guys, how are you doing? Thank you for the intro. No, thanks for thanks for uh, uh, providing such an amazing mix of work and, and history to have such a great biography uh, uh, to present to people. But it's not just me and Heidi, but also my co-host, uh, editing person and, and lifelong partner, uh, even though he's engaged to somebody else. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. <laughs> Michael Lutheran. <laughs> Hello, Heidi. <laughs> hey, hey, Michael. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, I'm so excited to be here and to be talking with you today. Uh, I have been subscribed to your email newsletter, I want to say for like a couple of years. Uh, I don't know what the tracking is on that, but uh, I've just been following you and it's just been 
an amazing journey. You have so much to teach our listeners, and I'm so ready to learn myself. I know my social media game could probably do with uh, some touch-ups a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. So, so Heidi, I'm, we're gonna just going to start softball here. We're not going to go real strong into it yet. We'll build up to it. So I think my okay. first question is, what is social media? <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, let's, let's talk about where you started, where you, where you come from, your family life, uh, you know, kind of the beginnings, the origin story of Heidi Dean, if you will. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm in New York City now, so I'm New York based now, but I'm originally from sunny Orange County, California, and more specifically, the tiny town of Tustin. Say that three times fast. The tiny town of Tustin, California. <laughs> tiny town of Tustin, tiny town of Tustin, tiny town of Tustin. Bragger. You know, and, and I guess just like you guys probably and a lot of your listeners, you know, as a kid, I was always performing. I was always putting on shows for my parents for every holiday, like even like Labor Day, <laughs> Memorial Day, Easter, <laughs> everything. And not just any shows. There'd be scenery, costumes, programs, refreshments. I even dressed up <laughs> my little brother as a raindrop so I could sing Don't Rain on My Parade. And he would totally flip if he knew I just said that live. But <laughs> I, I love that you had refreshments. Like were they like Capri Sun packets or like Yes, they were totally Capri Suns and food was it was mac and cheese or you know peanut butter and jelly. But for a kid that was, you know, that was pretty awesome. I would I would still go to that theater. <laughs> I feel like that's probably happening in Los Angeles theater right now. That sounds like a very LA thing. But it's artesian <laughs> mac and cheese. Yes. And kale salads. <laughs> Exactly. No, ours weren't that fancy. But <laughs> if you would have said no, no, it was kale salad with a salmon bisque, like I would have been like, wait, what? <laughs> That's my daughter now, though. I have a four-year-old now, and and we have a huge garden because I actually live north of the city, and she eats kale. She eats everything. So she would make if she did a show, she would make me kale salads. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's your first memory of kind of creating and imagining? I know you said you kind of did shows and stuff. Can you remember kind of the first time that you kind of realized I can kind of make my own playground? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, it started young, but it really started when I was 10 and I did my first show. I got to be Annie and Annie. And, you know, from that day, there was like really no going back. You know, I was rehearsing my Oscar speech and my Tony speech. And, you know, all I dreamed about was being an actor. You know, I was you guys. I was everyone listening. So, you know, I truly understand how much you want to be an actor. You know, I had agents, managers. I studied at NYU. Um, you know, I was a member of SAG, Equity. I did that actor hustle and, you know, I guess part of the time, the Hollywood hustle for, you know, about 20 years in LA and New York City. And, you know, but to be totally honest, and I know a lot of your listeners can understand this, is that, you know, I worked a lot. I mean, right around the time I stopped acting, I was up, I remember one week I was up for two leads in Broadway shows. I mean, I was working at a very high level. But, you know, I, to be really honest, you know, after every exciting project I booked, I felt like I was back on that treadmill of classes, auditions, postcards, and waiting for the phone to ring. You know, and looking back, I was really doing everything possible. You know, I was doing the hustle, doing everything possible to get my name out there. But I grew up in the time of pagers, cassette tapes, and dial-up internet. You same, know? <laughs> same, same here, Heidi. I feel you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't have a cell phone until after college. So, you know, unless I was called in for an audition, I was it was very limited, you know, in terms of ways to connect with the people that could hire me for, you know, for the projects I wanted to do. So people always ask, well, why did you move on? You know, especially if you were working at a high level, you know, I, I moved on just to other opportunities because I was good at a lot of things. But 
you know, I look back and, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to be doing what I'm doing now because your story and your listener's story is so different than mine because you guys have social media, whether you like it or not, you know, and I really believe there's never been a better time to be an actor than right now because social media gives you control in a business where you don't have much control and it has never, ever been easier to connect and build relationships with the people you want to know. And so that's what I do now. I teach actors how to make more connections using social media. And, you know, sometimes I miss acting, but, you know, (laughs) I get to wake up every day because I'm so super excited to, you know, help Emmy Award winners and Broadway stars and content creators and thousands of actors, you know, just like you guys, just like everyone listening, rock your social media, make more connections and truly create the actor's life of your dreams. So there's really no better job than mine now. One of the things that I love that you just kind of talked about was, you know, before social media came around that you still really loved building relationships with people. Uh, Going back in your early years, is there a moment that you can now think of when you were like, wow, I really just enjoy bringing people together, sharing with people not only what I'm doing, but what other people are doing? Like, when was that seed of loving to share going to play? I look at my life now and a lot of things go back to my family. I, you know, I was, I was raised by first and second grade teacher. So, I mean, they, they're the reason I'm a great teacher now. They're a reason, they're the reason, you know, that I'm good with people. They've taught me so much. So really I can't pinpoint an exact moment that that happened, but I can go right back to my my dad and my mom, they were both teachers. They were always teaching me and it really, you know, made me the person I am today. So it, I know it has to go back to them in some way. How long were you in L.A. or Orange County before you moved to New York? I moved when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I went from California. I went when I was 18 to move to uh, uh, to New York City. So all what by was, myself. <laughs> so, so just real quick, I, I know we want to kind of get into the meat of this with the marketing and social media, but what was your preparation for moving to New York? We ask a lot of people, you know, when they've moved to LA, you know, what, what did you do to save money? How did you prepare? How did you, you know, make sure you were settled in when you moved there? Yeah. You're one of our uh, native Southern Californians here on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, my story is a little different than a lot of actors that are moving later in life. Um, But, you know, I moved for college. Um, I worked, I worked the whole time I was in high school. So I was always saving up money to work hard for that. Uh, I mean, I really just moved for college. There's not much more story than that. I have a very supportive (laughs) family. You know, they we actually there is a story of how I got here to New York, though. My parents, I grew up camping because they were teachers. We'd have the summers off and we'd go camping all the time. And so that my parents love to drive from like California to Maine. They're actually, they're retired in Maine now. <laughs> so they drove me from California to New York City, wow. to my dorm. Uh, we parked, you know, north of the city in the campground, but they actually drove me to college. So I think that actually made the transition very easy mm-hmm. because you know, we, I could take a little more of my stuff because I wasn't flying. And I, you know, I really had my support system with me. My brother was with me. My parents were with me. So that made the transition easier. And I said, I came all by myself, but I went to the Orange High, Orange County High School of the Arts. So, I mean, mm. I went to school with like amazingly talented people that also went to NYU. So I did know a few people at the school and a, a number of people that were in New York. So it wasn't as scary as it sounded. <laughs> so that definitely helped. With the you transition. were able to bring a little bit of home to New York. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Nice. And and so once you were in New York and you were starting to learn and everything, uh, when did you start reaching out into the broader theater community, acting community in New York? Uh, pretty much right away. I mean, I I had an, you know an agent when I got to New York. I was auditioning right away. I mean, NYU had rules about how often you could audition, so. I was auditioning when I could, but, or when they knew about it, <laughs> but I mean, I was, I, I pretty much jumped right into it. You know, I was, I was in equity and, um, you know, I was already working in, in theater. So, so I pretty much just hopped right into the, into the scene here. And when the, I was doing the actor hustle out here, even though I had an agent, I, that was back in the day where I'd get up at 5 AM and sit on the street outside of equity and all the rehearsal studios to try to get seen for EPAs. So, um, which you actually, I booked roles from EPAs in like national tours. And so it can happen guys. It can happen. <laughs> now you guys are spoiled and you get the online version and you don't have to get up at five in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, thank goodness. So what was, you know, what was the story of your transition from, you know, uh, uh, full-time acting, uh, uh, auditioning, looking for roles to social media, social media coaching, uh, and things like and and building your own business. It's a long story, but <laughs> I'll give you the the I'll, I'll give you the tweetable version. <laughs> and really, my shift into the social media marketing space really occurred, you know, when I started helping my husband, um, Philip Hernandez. You guys probably know him. He's all over social media. Uh, so I was helping him build his website and do his marketing and then his social media for you know his acting career and his music. And he really started finding tons of success. I mean, he, he's already, you know, a successful Broadway actor and TV actor, but, you know, he was finding even more success. And so the rest was kind of history. You know, things just kind of took off. Working actors are friends with other working actors. And so through referrals, I started working with other established actors running their social media. And then that expanded even to more high profile actors. And um, then I started running social media for very high profile actors and, that's where marketing for actors came. And just so everyone listening, it's that marketing for is a number four. So marketingforactors.com is my blog. And it I started that about three years ago. And I started all the social media for that about three years ago, really just to bring social media to the people and help more actors beyond my consulting. Because I started noticing as I was running these accounts that actors were making huge mistakes, but there was like nobody helping them right? There was nobody helping them. There wasn't a really a reliable free social media source for actors. Uh, there's a, a lot of blogs for businesses, but that information doesn't always transfer. Right. So you had to be working at like a really high level or getting media training or PR or social media training, like if you were a regular on a show. So that's what the blog started as just kind of a means to help more people besides like my clients that could pay me a lot of money <laughs> to run their <laughs> social media. So yeah, I transitioned because, you know, it's it's one thing to wake up with my little newborn, newborn to wake her up and feed her. But then it's another thing to wake up at two in the morning because a client tweeted something they weren't supposed to tweet, you know. So, <laughs> you know, so that was like kind of the main way that reason I transferred over to, you know, consulting and education instead of running social media. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of the whole the whole story, you know. And now, I mean, it, it took six months of my blog and it kind of just took off. And, um, and so now it's just become the premier resource to learn how to use social media, you know, the right way. <laughs> yeah. It's been an amazing resource to go and, and check out and learn. Um, I, I want to say, I think I found out about your blog from the inside acting podcast, whether they may have, might've shared something or, uh, maybe highlighted you in one of their episodes of like 
uh, one of their picks of the week or something. But because for me, I'll know I'm part of that generation where I was in MySpace. MySpace was my high school. And then when I got into college, I learned about the Facebook and everything, but never quite learned the quote unquote social media etiquette. Like how do you use social media for work? And so ever since I moved to LA, it's been that learning curve of how to tweet or how to share what it is that you're doing. Um, and so yours has just been this great resource because there was hardly anyone else out there that was doing that at the time. What was when you were building your business, you started you, you, you had people reaching out to you and you said, I'm going to start doing this kind of a, a, a full time ish type thing uh, and then started your your coaching and things like that. How did you build that business and expand it and, and, and market it yourself uh, along the way? 100% social media. Like, really, I did not pay for an ad until this last year. And those ads were all on social media. So, you know, really, people look at like follower counts and followers and think, oh, that's not really important. It totally is, guys, because I grew my own following from zero to almost 30,000 on Twitter. And you, you've seen my engagement, you know, I've got these are actors following me, like engaged actors, the same thing on Instagram, I don't know what I'm up to, maybe 18,000. And they're <laughs> actors following me, you know, um, and I grew these myself. I mean, I hustled to find these audiences. And because I did that, it's, you know, of course, it, it's an ebb and flow with your website, your social media, the more I grew my social media, the more people that went back to my website, the more people that went to my website, the more people that went back to my social media, it's kind of like a wave, you know, and then the more I grew my social media, the more opportunities I had. I mean, I, I can actually say it's gonna sound like I'm bragging, but I have actually never reached out to anyone for an opportunity in my business. So if you guys have heard me do a podcast, if you know, I've partnered with somebody if I spoke on a SAG foundation panel or a film festival or anything, I actually never picked up the phone for one opportunity in my business, even backstage. I did not call them. They called me. So because of social media, because I was so, I was everywhere and, you know, putting good content out there, people just found me. And that's the amazing thing social media can do for a business, for an actor. And really that's how I grew my business was just putting awesome content out on social media and finding my tribe and, engaging with them every day. You know, I, I want to say two things is one, I think it's so cool what you do, because one of the frustrations that I've had in this business, um, I'm more on the the screenwriting producing side now than, uh, than the acting side. But one of the things that's always been a frustration for me is that there's not a lot of information about the business of this business. Does that make sense? There's not a lot you yes. hear like mm -hmm. how to act or how to write or these techniques for acting, but there's rarely any kind of this is the business of being an actor. This is the business of being a screenwriter. This is how you handle an executive. This is how you handle a pitch meeting or this or that. And so that's something that that's one of the main reasons we started this podcast. So your your company and the things that you do is really exciting because of that, because it does give part of the business now, especially a newer part of the business, it gives you that, that momentum. And, and, and I think that's what inspires people to follow you more and to engage with you as well is because of that. And then on top of that, I, I, I find that uh, it's true that, you, you know, as you grow and stuff like that, it's really cool to start seeing people reach out to you for for your help or for you to come on and talk about what you do. I even tweeted this morning, it's really exciting when you have something that people want to be a part of and are reaching out to you to be a part of it. It's a very exciting moment, I think, as you create something. When getting into the social media stuff, you kind of talked about following. When, when you're first looking at starting as an actor or even a writer or a screenwriter, your social media, 
How do you separate that social media for friends versus social media for business? Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I call it social media for play versus social media with a purpose. You know, that's that's the why difference. Why well, you got to top me? Why you got to <laughs> top me? What's such a better way to phrase it? Well, you've been you've been following me a long time, Michael. You know, you know, I'm awful of like sayings and witty things. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is I, a I no just, wit podcast, Heidi. I need you to slow it down. <laughs> I just created a T-shirt that says "Tweet others the way you want to be tweeted" because I say that all the time. So, That's <laughs> so I'm sure we'll talk about that sometime yes. today too. Um, well, really, the difference between social media for friends versus work. Um, just think about it. A lot of us join social media for our friends, not our businesses or our show business, right? Mm -hmm. You know, even the platforms we chose to be on might be because our friends were there, right? Mm -hmm. yes. so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, right? So especially Absolutely. depending on your age. So, you know, the, the first step for your social media then is to, of course, choose platforms for your acting business, not just for your friends. So really assess what platforms you are, you know, what platforms you're on and is this for, is this for a play or am I doing it for a purpose? So that might mean that you need to choose platforms based on the people you've worked with in the business, or maybe the people you want to work with, or maybe even choosing platforms based on the demographic of the show you're on or the show you're in. Um, you know, what, what network is that show putting more of their efforts behind? That's where you need to be. And that can change actually, as you, you know, as your career grows, as you, work in different mediums. And just to clarify, when you say platforms, you mean like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Yes. The, now, the, the, yeah, the, I use the platforms and networks inter yeah, right. interchangeably. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, you're on, if you're on a, you're fortunate enough to be on a TV show, even in a recurring kind of way, like, you know, what's the, what's the demographic for that show? And like I said, think about, just go online and see what, what, um, what the network, what, you know, what social network is that show putting all their effort into that's because the demographics there, it may be Snapchat and you may hate Snapchat, but if you really want to, 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 you know, capitalize on that opportunity and grow a following, then you might need to spend a little more time on Snapchat, or maybe it's an older audience and they're on Facebook. They want nothing to do with Snapchat or even Instagram. So <laughs> you really have to think about, you know, where is that audience is another difference between using it for friends versus work is the level of professionalism. So when we're just posting for our friends, we just post, right? We don't really double check our tweets or posts. But when you're using it for your show, I always suggest double checking before you hit tweet. You know, just take a few seconds every time and ask yourself, does this post show my best self? You know, that person they're going to want to work with and collaborate with for hours on set or in rehearsal. It's so important. And, you know, we're talking social media for actors, but this is true in any field. You know, your employers or possible employers will look you up on social media. And the business is so different than it was even five years ago. It's it's really quite possible that you'll make your first impression online before you ever meet someone in an audition room, maybe because of a self-submission or maybe someone just Googling you before they bring you in. Well, it's and a so new form of background check, right? Exactly. It's a, you can go and through and see who people are in a way. Uh-huh. And your profiles are a direct reflection of who you are and the person they're going to work with. So that first impression is super critical and how you optimize that first impression for your friends is totally different than how you do that for, you know, a purpose. Right. So and I would say those are the two main, main things, difference between friends and, and work. And so once you establish what platforms you're using your quote unquote business for, how do you then establish a brand? Is there a difference between like an actor creating his brand and a screenwriter 
Um, how do you go about finding what your brand is? Good question and big question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll separate the next 20 minutes just for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just overall, I think a lot of actors overthink their brand. I think they think they need to like create a brand, but and requires us really to define what you represent from the inside out, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're at an audition, just look around. It's really likely that everyone in that waiting room that's going in for the same roles is a similar type as you. But what sets you apart and what's actually going to get you hired is your brand, your uniqueness, your you-ness, whatever you want to call it, you know, especially once you get to a higher level of your career, because everyone there is going to be talented. Everyone's going to be funny. Everyone's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be your unique look, your unique life experiences and your perspective that you bring to the material that's going to win you the role. And that is all part of your brand. One of my favorite quotes in the whole wide world is, um, pretty much the perfect definition of branding. And it's from Miss Dolly Parton, really the queen of personal branding. I'm sure you'd agree. <laughs> and that quote is, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And that is really what branding it is. Branding is, you know, find out who you are and do it on purpose. You know, pinpoint what you do different than everybody else and do it on purpose at auditions, on your website, in emails, events, you know, on interviews, everywhere, and especially on social media. This is your unique brand. And this is really where I start with all of my clients and my classes. So we don't actually call it branding. What we call it is an exercise called finding the me in your social media. And really, I go through tons of questions with my clients that really uncover, you know, your strengths, your talents, even your weaknesses, your values, your hobbies, interests, and really everything that makes you you. And then we do a very important step while we're doing this. We look at everything you wrote down and then we decide what won't be in your brand. And this is a step a lot of actors miss. And we exclude what I call your nunyas. So, and yes, that's a made up word. <laughs> Just think about the last time you, uh, you saw your favorite actor in an interview, you know, on TV, there is a almost a 100% chance that they told that interviewer what topics are off limits, right? Ahead of time so that they don't have to say nunya business, right? So those are the nunyas. So you decide everything that makes you, you, and then we exclude the nunyas. These are things that at least for right now, that you don't want to talk about publicly. It could be who you love, you know, where you worship, who you vote for. It could be your kids. I know Carrie Washington, her nunyas are her kids and her and her husband. So, but it's really important that you not only figure out what's in your brand, but also what's not in your brand. It is going to save you a lot of heartache mm -hmm. in life and online. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think that's really important when you talk about that, because I think it's also looking at like mm -hmm. what you post. And so, you know, what's, what's right when, when someone's viewing you as a whole, what makes sense for you to post so they can get an idea of who you are and they go, well, he just posted a picture of a squirrel eating a nut. And the next thing he posted a Shakespeare quote, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? And so having that idea of like, this is who I, I am as a brand or as a, as a, as a social media <laughs> person, um, you know, this is, this is how you get across in a clear fashion exactly. who you are. And then I would also just add to that is what it, it simplifies everything because once you know what it is that you're about, what you want people to know about you, it kind of lessens the pressure in terms of what type of stuff you need to post. You don't need to post everything. You're, you know that these, you know, various four, five, 10 things or whatever, that's the stuff you like to focus on. 
and you don't have to worry about exactly. everything else. That's why this is the foundation work I do in every single course and with every client because people always go, oh my God, do I have to answer three pages of questions? I'm like, yes, because you're going to see when we get to the lesson about bios in the class and when we get to posting and when we get to our header photos, like everything is going to come directly out of the putting them in your social media. It, the work's going to be done for you. All your post ideas, everything. We're going to pull them right from there because you've done this initial work figuring out who you are. Yeah. You have to do the work. <laughs> like you have to do the work beforehand. And, and, you know, I, I do a lot of the social media for our webs uh, for our show uh, just because Michael took on editing and uh, he initially did the social media and then he kind of took on the editing. So I didn't want to put him with both because that'd be, he'd be dead now. Um, <laughs> My brain would have exploded. <laughs> he'd just be a nothingness sitting over here. Um, but one of the things I, I started doing was I started watching a lot of YouTube videos I started uh, uh, reading some books, some marketing books. I took some like free uh, Instagram workshops, and and one of the things I noticed on a lot of these free work, these Instagram workshops and stuff was that they focus a lot on people that are selling a product that is not the person, like something specific, like me selling you know corsages or something. How do I sell these corsages through Instagram? So I guess you know what I'm leading to is my question is with you when you're when you are the product that you are selling. What, how is that different in the way you handle social media than if I was selling something that's independent from me, if that makes hmm, sense? Okay, that's a big question too. Uh, but honestly, I don't think, the, well, what you're talking about, the workshops, I think that's the big problem in social media for actors. And that's why I started my business because all the information out there was for businesses and the way it's articulated, it doesn't, it, it's hard for actors to process, you know? So, so there's a disconnect there, but really at the heart of it, I think a business brand and an actor brand is the same. When you look at successful businesses, I just finished reading an awesome book that you guys must read and it's not new. I think it's from like 2006. It's called primal branding. It's, it is by Patrick Hanlon. And I actually got to meet him last week and ask him questions about it. It was pretty awesome. Um, but what he's huge marketing guy, right? It's worked with the biggest brands in the world. And he wrote this pre-social media, but what it talks about is the seven components that all uber successful brands have. But what's interesting is he doesn't separate Apple from a yogurt company or musicians or actors. And this is why all my clients need to read Primal Branding now, because at the heart of it, he looks at these seven things and says, successful brands, whether you are an actor or Apple or Nike, have more of these seven things. So, you know, brands that don't make it might have one or zero. I'm going to tell you what these things are right now. Uh, uh, moderately successful brands might have, you know, four, four of them, but those big brands, they have six or seven. And also you mentioned YouTube channels, YouTube channels that are doing really well, probably have all seven of these components. And they can probably sound familiar, like creation story is the first one. Think about your favorite actor. I bet you know where they're from. I bet you know where they went to school. I bet you know, like, you know, everything about them, their creation story, because PR has put it out there because they know that's what's going to help them connect, right? So it's the same for actors on social media. You need to create a creation story. You need to, this is going to be, you know, in your bio, in your YouTube possibly your channel trailer or your about section. But you know, how did you begin? Where are you from? Um, this is also very important. I see actors just posting about their actor's life. No, you need to incorporate some of who you are, you know, so this is part of the creation story, you know, getting that story in as much as you can, so we can connect with you. Um, a creed is another thing that he talks about in the book. So what do you believe in? 
You know, all successful brands and people have, you know, a core value or belief. So you got to figure out what yours are. And that's part of our little putting the me in your social media exercises is your beliefs. And then we've got, I'll just go through the other ones. I'm hoping I can remember all of them, but (laughs) um, we are testing you. If you get one wrong, we will, we will chastise you. (laughs) Well, good thing you don't have the book in front of you. Um, Or do uh, I? (laughs) uh, You have the internet, so you could probably look it up. Uh, The icons. So, um, you know, this could be, this could be logos. If you have a YouTube channel or a business, um, you're an icon too. If you're a person, um, if you're an actor, uh, rituals. So these are things you say all the time, the successful YouTube channels, they start their videos the same. They end their videos the same. Yes, they I do. sign every email with see you on social, every single video I do in my classes, or when I go live, I say, see you on social. Why? Because that's my language, but people say it back to me. Uh, you guys know I say, you know, you rock, rock your social all the time. People say this back to me all the time. So it's it's part of my rituals. It's part of my lexicon, which is the other one of the other things. It also um, connects you to that phrase. So exactly. if somebody else just happens to say it, it triggers you. And then mm-hmm. you're at the forefront of their mind. Exactly. And then the other two things are really just non-believers. So, you know, if you're really being you and, you know, there will be non-believers, people that aren't in your community. And you can see this with like all different actors too. There's people that love Jennifer Lawrence, but then don't love someone else. So there's, you know, there's, you know, there's always going to be people that don't like you if you're doing a job with your brand, right? Whether you're Apple or an actor. And lastly, they're the leader. And that's, that's you. You're obviously the hero. So the more of these seven things you can try to incorporate into your brand, whether you're an actor, a screenwriter, anything, the more successful you'll be. And I really suggest that you, like all actors read this book, Primal Branding, because it's not just for businesses. And it's really eye-opening to look at the examples he use, he uses in the book and go, oh my God, now I see why that actor who is not as talented is everywhere and how they've actually been able to reinvent themselves over and over and over again, where this other actor, we never heard of them, you know, ever again, or we never heard of them in the first place. Right. So it's really these seven things. And I don't think that's different for a business or an actor. Well, I've definitely written that book down for us to check out. I'm very excited to read that book. Um, I want to go back to something you said a little bit ago, because when you talked about how you don't, some people just post their actor's life and they don't post uh, personal moments in their life to connect to the audience, whoever's looking at their stuff. One of the uh, uh, creeds or uh, rules or whatever you want to call it that I told Michael when we started this business is that we were going to be the face of this company whatever this, this podcast, if it becomes a company down the road, we're going to be the face of it. And so I wanted to make sure that on our social media, we don't just post, Hey, check out this new episode. Hey, we're recording. Hey, do this. We want, I want to see you out in LA. I want to see you hanging out with your friends. Like I want to share parts of our personal life as well. So I kind of want to talk about like how important do you feel that is? And it, I know Michael has talked about where he's heard also where maybe you use your IG stories or Instagram stories as a part to show your work part and then your feed to show your personal part. It's it's the opposite. Oh, it's the inverted. It's gotcha. you use your feed to share the actor right. life and the stories of to, the day to day to show your personal. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, I think it's a personal preference where you do it. Um, I do think that, you know, your your grid should be varied. So if you just do actor stuff, the problem yeah. with that is even the biggest actors don't act all the time. Even full-time actors aren't always working. So if you're only posting when you're working, 
even on your grid, then you're going to start getting frustrated and run out of things to post. So that's why with my clients, we do that exercise, putting them in your social media. And then we research, depending on what platforms they're using, it could be up to six different topics that they're going to going to talk about. Normally, actor's life is one of them. <laughs> so we have all these other things that, and sometimes, you know, people also do stunts or teach acting. So there might be a second one in there that's industry related. But we have all these other things that make us, us that people can relate to that we share about. So you actually find that you actually have more to share about that's not about your actor's life than about your actor's life. Because you have to think about it. The people following you are human, right? Whether they're a casting director or just anybody, you know, Joe Schmo that saw your show, you know, um, that just rhymed, but <laughs> so yeah, no matter who they are, they're human and they want to know about, you know, your next gig and your next booking, but they also want to know how, you know, you're just like them. That's what you're going to connect on. So I really invite people to post more about themselves, um, or at least an equal amount with their actor's life. Um, just keep it, you know, obviously professional and on brand. Um, and actually, this is something I forgot to say with the brand, and it's really important for a lot of women and a lot of theater actors. Um, you really have to know when you're excluding your nanyas. If you, this would be actually me, if I was still acting, I was always playing like, no joke, like 10, 10 years younger than I actually was. Uh, my last job, I was actually playing 13. My age was going down. It was actually like, I thought it was going to disappear. I was like on tour for a year playing 16 and then 15 for another year. You and will now I be played, playing a newborn baby. <laughs> exactly. I was like 14. And then yeah, 13 was my last, was my last job. Oh my <laughs> and I was going back in time, but if I, but I was like, actually like 28, you know? So if I was actually on social media, then if it had actually really existed, then me posting about, say, I had a stepdaughter at that time, you know, um, who was seven, or if I was a mom posting about my mom life may actually be in because it doesn't align with how, you know, doesn't align with how people are, are going to see me and cast me. So if I am like media and I'm network work with, you know, that there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So you do need to be careful that, you know, there might be some things in your life that you love to pieces, but maybe you don't post about them on Twitter or Instagram, where you might be networking with people. Um, if it doesn't align with how you're cast, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the, one of our previous guests. That I we've you actually, guys? Oh, can you hear us? I can hear you. Yeah. What happened? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe some Wi-Fi. Thing. The internet. Wah, wah. Um, yeah. One of our previous guests, though, from this year, actually, he's also a social media um, strategist uh, for a company called Buffer, which schedules uh, helps uh, people schedule their social media. And one of the things that he kind of talked about, which you're speaking to as well, is the idea of people love the behind the scenes. They love, you know, even if the day's not great, like kind of showing that behind the scenes stuff. Because it also humanizes you. It shows that you're relatable. And right now, one of the actors that comes to my mind is The Rock, Dwayne uh -huh. Johnson. He is, I think social media has been such a uh, necessary tool for him to get us to understand he's not just The Rock. He is this man. He is this father. He is this guy who is so passionate about the stories that he's been a part of and everything. And he's had... Instagram and Facebook and all of these platforms over the years to show us who he is so that we don't think of him as just the wrestler. Mm -hmm. 
in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's it, that's like I feel like a wonderful example of even seeing someone who had already reached a level of success, but using social media to show us more of what they could do. And because of it is the highest paid actor in the world yeah. because of his social media. I mean, I use him as an example all the time. Uh, I think in my last free class, I talked about um, about how to post like a boss. And I used him as an example and talked really about the four reasons people share things, you know, why things get shared, why people, why things go viral, why, you know, why things get more engagement. And really it comes down to uh, just about four things. And that is, you know, do your post uh, offer value? you know, value or entertainment, do they give us like some kind of, do they let us know about your identity, which would be the behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do they invite community or um, do they tap into emotion, you know? Um, And The Rock has successfully been able to do all of those things. And that is why he is where he is today. And yes, he's probably better than anybody in the world um, with giving us that behind the scenes and really just building a community. If you look at his social media, you know, he's not just telling us about him. He is answering comments and talking to people all the time. I mean, I know two people in the past six months that The Rock has shared their tweets. And these people are actors, you know, it's not like they don't, they don't know him or anything, but like, that's how much he interacts with people. You know, it's, it's really, really, really important. And I think, and I think for a lot of people, that's what's exciting is if you have people that look up to you for acting or for your hustle or things like that, if you are able to retweet them and like them and maybe, or, or comment on what they say to you, those are the people that I am more willing to stay following and, and, and try to, you know, uh, talk to, uh, um, I don't know if you watch the show Bosch on Amazon, but the lead of that Titus Welliver is also really good about retweeting people and commenting. Like he replied to something I wrote and, and stuff like that. And he does it all the time. And so I think people that do that, that, that give themselves a little bit to their fans and to the people that look up to them, it just makes you feel closer to those Mm -hmm. people. Exactly. And that's why when I see actors say, Oh, I don't, I'm not going to be on social media. You know, it's taking away my privacy and everything. I was like, no, it's actually boosting your career. And as your career grows, it is going to help you because say something happens, say something negative happens, like with what happened with Kevin Hart and his little girlfriend, he, instead of having to go on any show, he popped right onto his social media and talked to his fans before the story broke. Because he, I mean, he has a huge audience and then it kind of just blew away, right? So you can kind of like, and that's kind of a silly example, but you know, if anything happens, you have an audience, you can go right directly to your audience. You don't have to go on a talk show to take care of it. No, you just are going to talk directly to the fans. So I think it actually gives you even more power as you, you know, if you do reach celebrity status, um, and as you become just a more well-known actor, uh, it gives you more power to tell your story the way you want to tell it. Mm, I love that. Uh, that's been something that we've kind of been hearing echoed throughout this past year of creating the podcast is being the author of your life, being your own screenwriter, uh, as you will. Um, one of the things that I face all the time with social media is burnout. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, like for me at times, like I'll, I'll be on a wave of like feeling like I'm posting quite frequently across various platforms, but then I hit that wall of whether it's have I run out of something to talk about or, or, or what, what, what is that? So do you have any advice in terms of how to avoid getting burnt out or, you know, if you're feeling in that space, how to lift yourself out of it? 
Yeah, yeah. Most of my clients, when I meet them, they're they're totally burned out. So it's please it's help very me. Common. Please, I'm so tired. <laughs> I can't I can't do it anymore. I'm just thinking of like uh, social media anonymous of like, hey guys, I was on Twitter for seven years and I just couldn't tweet anymore. <laughs> what's an what's an algorithm? I'm so tired. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you know, most people. I'm not going to call you out because this might not be the, the case for you, Michael. But you know, most people experience social media burnout because they don't have a plan. And because of that, they're letting their social media run them. And you need to remember, you are the boss of your social media. It is not the boss of you. I definitely need to have that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, too so, late. I, I just copyrighted it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, you know, first of all, you know, just some tips to become the boss of your social media so you don't burn out is, you know, first of all, turn off your notifications. You know, I work in social media. I cannot have my notifications turned on. You know, even on my computer, I turn off my notifications when I'm trying I have, to get I have done. all of mine turned off. No, I, yeah. I love that because honestly, uh, you know, I work in a very high activity job and I feel like my phone's always going off and it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, I finally look at my phone. It's like, you have 20 notifications or whatever. And I just don't, I, I feel like I don't have the time to look at that. There was one time he messaged me. He's like, my phone just keeps going off. What did you do? And I was like, <laughs> turn the notifications off, man. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't have them on and I run our social media yeah. because I don't want that going off 4,000 times a day. You don't need to know when like someone likes your post and yeah. follows you, you know, turn off your notifications, except, you know, I guess the exception would be if there's people you specifically want them on for and that you want to have be a very small amount of people. And then, you know, choose a day, um, a time of day to check your messages or to do your, you know, social busy work. And, um, you know, that could be with your morning coffee. That could be with a glass of wine at night, as long as you've only had one. Um, you know, it could be, I've got the most awesome exercise bike in the world in my house now that is a computer bike. So it actually has like a table on it. So I can actually put my computer there. It's got cup holders. It's amazing. So my, my social media time and email time is totally scheduled. I mean, I do more than one at a time a day because I work in social media. But every morning I get up, I get on that bike so that I can finally get my baby weight off. And um, <laughs> and then I check my, you know, I do all my direct messages. I do my busy work. I make sure everything looks good for the day. Um, but I schedule that, right? Um, you don't want to be doing it throughout the day. You don't need to be doing it throughout the day. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I would say to use apps. I mean, actors need to know there is an app for that. There is some app <laughs> that is going to help you do something faster. So instead of trying to create everything from scratch, there's going to be something that's going to help make it faster and get it done faster. It's It always makes me laugh when um, a student takes one of my classes and on day one, they like swear by Photoshop. They're like, no, I'm going to do all my posts on Photoshop. I'm a Photoshop master. And then we get to day like 21 in my 21 day class. And then now they're like swearing by all their cool new apps that are going to make creating images even faster, right? <laughs> so even if you are a designer, a lot of times, you know, think your posts don't have to be perfect. And there's probably an app that's going to make it, you know, help you create it faster. Okay. Um, and then I'd say the biggest reason people burn out is because they didn't actually learn the social media basics in the first place. So like actors hop on a network and then like a week later, maybe it's a month later, maybe it's even a year later, they're so angry and they're burnt out and upset. They hate Twitter and they're not getting the followers and the results they want but they actually never learned the 101 of the platform in the first place. 
So they're not using hashtags correctly. Their bio is like just full of hashtags and doesn't really tell a story and tell us who they are. They don't have a posting plan. So, you know, (laughs) you have to learn the basics or you are going to get burnt out. And you guys have no excuse because you just go over to marketing for actors, the number four, (laughs) and there's a hundred free articles there and free training. Never heard of it. What is that? Is that I don't know. (laughs) And I hear they offer this really great email newsletter. (laughs) (laughs) Every Thursday. And I I believe they've mentioned a a certain podcast that I think is one of the best podcasts around. I'm just saying I know it's I'm I'm biased. Of (laughs) course. I, I, you know, I've got a Twitter for beginners class, totally free guys. Like there's no excuse, learn the basics and you won't burn out. I think that's, that's responsible for a lot of, a lot of the problems. If you don't really know what you're doing, if you don't really know how to use it, you know, in a business way, you are going to just get frustrated eventually. It's, it's, it's about being active and not reactive Mm -hmm. about being the one in control, uh, instead Mm -hmm. of feeling like social media is the one writing you. Exactly. Being the boss of your social media. And sometimes that takes like, that's why I have a 21 day course. It's, it's called a challenge for a reason. But a lot of the stuff I do in that class with people with actors is to set them up for success so that they don't actually even have to like think about their hashtags like ever, like they don't even have to think about them daily, because we got that all fixed up, you know, figured out, they don't have to think about what they're going to post, they don't have to because we've done this work ahead of time. And by planning ahead and creating a plan, they are set up to be successful and not to fail, you know, then they're not going to fail with their social media. So, so if I may ask you, Heidi, I know you mentioned kind of how your, your, your day is scheduled and, and scheduling your social media posts and things like that. How do you organize what you're going to post, especially when you have so many different platforms like YouTube and, and Instagram and Twitter? What do you use to kind of organize yourself? And do you plan for the whole week or do you plan a day or two ahead? Well, what I do is, is slightly different than what I teach because I'm a business. I got a whole lot of content. You know, I've got over a hundred blogs. So like, you know, I have got batched created content. I got a million and one quotes. So I use meet Edgar. Um, so, but that's about $50 a month. Most actors are not going to use meet Edgar. So I don't actually have to, um, think about my posting very often. I think about it every morning to make sure I like what's going out. Um, I also use Planoly for Instagram and that, uh, that's a awesome scheduling tool where you can actually, you know, upload your pictures ahead of time and move them around. So you can actually see what your grid looks like before it goes live. And so, you know, for me, I can literally like put stuff up a couple weeks in advance. I mean, if I wanted to, I could do six weeks in advance because what you guys need to know, like, just cause it's called Instagram doesn't mean you have to post it instantly. You just have to make the post mean something for the moment. Right. So Planoly is a really great tool to be able to go in, upload, especially like your actor's life stuff, like, and your throwback Thursdays, upload a ton of them there and you will have them whenever you need them. Um, every week, just go from your phone and upload a bunch of pictures, move them around, see the way, you know, see how you like them. Um, so Planoly, there's also a, a, a scheduling tool called Later, which does a similar thing to Planoly. So those are great ske- scheduling tools that actors could use. Um, not Meet Edgar. I love Meet Edgar. Don't kill me, Meet Edgar, for saying not Meet Edgar. <laughs> um, for businesses, use Meet Edgar. Um, for actors, well, I first I should go back a little bit. Um, most of the tools I teach fall into three categories. They're either a posting tool, a scheduling tool, or like a social media monitoring tool. So what we just talked about were um, were scheduling tools. So um, other tools I use are, are I use or have used in the past are you know Hootsuite or Buffer. We just 
talked about Buffer a little while ago. Great planning tools. Um, posting tools, um, uh, you know, posting tools would be anything to create cool visuals and videos. I live by those. And the, one of the best parts about my job is that I get to try out so many apps for free. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried a million apps. Actually, my phone has lots of memory, but I'm always having to delete apps because I have so many. <laughs> um, but some of my favorite apps that will help you like speed up content creation. Um, I love Inlight, which is um, for creating visuals. It's really cool editing feature, Snapseed. Um, I'm, yep, I love I Snapseed. You like Snapseed? Yeah. Yeah, I um, love it. I also like something called Color Splash. Like if you want to make something really cool in your feed and like take the color away from a picture and then just decide where to add it back. It's like a super cool, like you could like, take all the color away and I could just like add blue back to my eyes. And um, I've seen feeds completely with Color Splash and they're like, they make you look like the most amazing artist ever, even if you like totally suck at taking pictures. Um, uh, I love a app called InShot. I N and then shot. I'm using it for my IGTV because it helps you shoot uh, video in all different sizes, but definitely um, will help you with vertical video. Um, I use Legend and Ripple if you want to make like animated post. So yeah, that we, have text. We, we use le- we use Legend sometimes. I love them. Yeah, the, um, I love Legend. I use Ripple sometimes instead because Ripple gives you more sizes, when Legend only gives you the uh, like Instagram size. Um, the standard size. Um, I love, I've used word swag forever. So I kind of like have a special place in my heart for word swag for images. Um, uh, and then filmic pro I'm starting to use because I'm revamping my YouTube channel, which you guys will see very soon. So those are probably the posting things I use the most. Oh, I use Canva too. I think most businesses do. Canva's great, uh, for pretty much anything posts for your header photos on social media. It's fantastic. Um, so that was scheduling tools, posting tools, and then we got our monitoring tools. So any tools that can help you monitor like hashtags or conversations, that would be like, I use Hootsuite for that. And that's what I teach act- actors how to use. So it's a really great way to be able to see everything in one place, Twitter list, and then put them all in Hootsuite and just like network away, talk to people, you know, <laughs> all in one place. It speeds, it speeds things up and really focuses you. And then I also use like Iconosquare for Instagram. And that, um, that tool helps you like organize your contact, your contacts and, and your feeds on Instagram, since there's like no Twitter list for, for Instagram. So I just gave you guys like just a million <laughs> tools, but those are pretty I much hope like you all wrote that down. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, you know, those are all different tools that I have used that I do use that I suggest to clients. I suggest a lot more than that too, but you know, they all somehow come together and help me with my process, um, you know, with my social media. So hopefully so, that's uh, helpful. You, you, <laughs> definitely. You, you kind of mentioned YouTube. I just want to ask you real quick, what have you noticed about YouTube that, that you feel is important for people to know about if they're thinking about starting a YouTube uh, channel and, and wanting to build their subscribers and following on there? What, what have you found that is helpful for you? Um, well, most importantly, you need to have a plan. I keep like, I can't tell you, I think there's just a lot of actors out. I mean, there's a lot of articles out there for actors, like from five years ago that pretty much say like, all actors need to have a YouTube channel, you know? And the reality is not like most actors don't need to have a YouTube channel. Like that's a like burst anyone's bubble, but <laughs> they, they don't need to have a, a YouTube channel. So you have to really like, what is your reason? Like if it's just to house content, like if you're just going to be like housing your reel or housing interviews, like 
you know, you're not going to build subscribers that way. And I know it seems obvious, but that's a lot of actors don't realize like you can't monetize your reel. So if that's really all you're going to put on there are clips, then that's, you know, you're not building a channel. So, but if you want to vlog, you know, set up a vlog or a web series, it can be a fantastic, you know, way to get your brand out there, but you need to have a plan. So, um, I guess I can give you guys a couple tips real fast. Um, uh, really important, especially if you're, you're vlogging is to narrow your channel, you know, narrow your audience. I see a lot of like, you know, a lot of actors that they, they, they're trying to create random videos that like they think everyone will like, but what happens is because they're trying to appeal to everybody, they end up appealing to no one. So this goes right back to when we talked about primal branding, right? You've got to have those non-believers. Can I just tell you when starting this podcast, I, I, I told Michael, this is, you know, again, I did research. I, I, I'm one of those people when I think of something, I, I look at every YouTube channel possible and video that's, you know, just tips or anything like that. And so now whenever I see like a podcast follows us or something and I read their bio, if it says anything like we just say what we want and we just talk about whatever, I'm just like, that is the worst bio that you can have <laughs> because you're not, you're, when you talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Exactly. And so it, it frustrates me to no end. Well, uh, actually inserting a quick listener uh, question that we actually got on social media at Jen Willis actor. Uh, she actually asked us any tips for social media bios. So just wanted to throw that in there real quick since you just mentioned it. Oh yeah. You're, I've got tons of tips for social media bios. <laughs> so what was, what was the person's name? Uh, she is at Jen Willis actor. Okay. Um, Jen. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jen, first of all, I'll give you a couple quick tips, but go to my IGTV um, at marketing for actors, the number four. And my last video was actually about um, tips, you know, what to put in your Instagram bio. And it also works for Twitter as well. So I usually suggest there's five things that you can put in your bio on social media. Uh, first is keywords. So, you know, obviously if you're an actor, <laughs> say actor, you know, if you're like Tom Hanks, if you're Ashton Kutcher, you don't have to say you're an actor. We know who you are, but until the does world knows who you does are. Does Tom Hanks, uh, hashtag Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's so like yeah, hashtag he actor's life. <laughs> You know, make sure you say you're an, you know, an actor, make sure you say you're a voice actor. These are all keywords, right? Um, that help people key in to what you do. Uh, you can add your connections. So an agent or a manager who's also on, on Twitter, you can include their handle. Maybe if you're in a theater company or if you're a student at an acting school and they have a handle, like add their username to your bio. And the reason why is when, because when someone searches for them, you might come up too. It's why backstage is in my bio, like backstage magazine. I come up right away because I write for them and I have a large following. So I come up and search and it's actually one way that I grow my following in my sleep. So make sure you add your connections, especially if you have some kind of influential connections, Jen, the creation story, the things that are going to make people want to follow you, those human qualities. Um, and that includes, I guess, number four is your passions, your passions, your hobbies. Um, that's also those human touches. I think I just mixed up my bio on Twitter recently and I added, you know, I'm a lover. I'm the lover of sushi. Indian food and cowboy boots, you know, not all together, but I get comments all the time on those three things, you know, actually, I don't even know if it still says cowboy boots, but I love cowboy boots. <laughs> so, so, um, and the fifth thing you can add to your bio are any kind of accomplishments. So that could be if you're in a union, it could be, you know, have you been nominated an award, person award, or a, I don't know, a 
Drama Desk Award, a Tony Award, you know, what, whatever award, um, you can include these in your bio as well. So that would be, you know, accomplishments, your passions and hobbies, your keywords, uh, your unique qualities. And what was the other one? Now I can't even remember. <laughs> oh, I your just, connections. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I went out of order, so I couldn't remember. <laughs> I just uh, remembered I need to update my bios to include like engaged or something <laughs> like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> people I, I, people I, will love that. Yeah. Like I said, I told you I've taken some of these like free Instagram workshops from some other people. And one of them talked about like what your bio says and said a lot of the same things that you're saying with you need to have like some personality and also like what you're selling mm-hmm. um, in there. And so I immediately like during the workshop changed our bio uh, for the podcast to something that started with what our podcast is about. Because originally it was like a podcast about. And so now it's we're, this is what we're about. And we're a weekly podcast so that awesome. people know. Can, it can be like, oh, okay, they, they talk about me uh, kind of stuff. Um, so just to kind of wrap it up to kind of uh, a final question, really, um, how, what are your suggestions to people to build engagement and build following? Because I know that can be a lot of stress for a lot of people is, you know, I'm putting stuff out there. People say they like, I'm getting a lot of likes. I'm getting, you know, 100 likes or 50 likes or 60 likes for this, but I'm not getting any engagement. I'm not getting people commenting or or talking to me. What, what are some of your suggestions to kind of build that? Cool. So you want to engagement or followers suggestions because they're different. Oh, <laughs> yes. Let's do both. both so. let's, let's start with okay. engagement and then we'll move to followers. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so, I mean, engagement is a huge topic. I mean, that's why I created an entire course about engagement. <laughs> it's post like a boss, you know, because it's really like, why, why do people share? It's what we talked about earlier, that whole idea of the vice, you know, value, identity, community, and most people share. So the more you can tap into those four things that we talked about when we were talking about The Rock, um, the more engagement you will get. Okay. Um, and the biggest thing I can suggest for engagement is to make your post a conversation. Uh, a lot of actors, I, when people ask me the biggest mistake actors make, there's a lot of them but on, on social media. But one of the biggest mistakes they make, and I say this all the time, is that actors treat their social media and their post like a television and they're broadcasting their news at people instead of like a telephone to talk with people. Ask people in the captions, in the posts, ask them questions, use polls, you know, um, go check out my social media. Like, I am asking questions all the time. I think actually I posted something on Instagram right before we went live. And, um, and I, I actually peaked at one point <laughs> and like, I had like all these comments cause I'm actually act, asking a question and asking actors, you know, something that means something to them. And who knows like how many comments I have now. I just put it up. Let's see. Let's see. In the time we've been here, I have 123 comments. Um, and now this is a very extreme example because I'm actually asking a question in the post, but make your post a conversation. It is going to change the way you post. Okay. Um, even selfies, people think they're like they're self-indulgent. Yeah. If you're doing it the wrong way, but even selfies, like what, you know, how do you want to make us feel with that selfie? Like, you know, how are we going to relate to that? So when you start thinking about your post that way, like, how do we want to connect? How do we want to make them feel from this post? Then it, then it becomes a conversation. It becomes about the other person, you know, and our fans and followers, not just us. Pretty much my biggest suggestion for engagement that I can do 
quickly. <laughs> um, but um, for followers, now we could do a whole five podcast on followers. We'll, we'll um, come back. I'm sure. Let's have you back on. We can we can have a whole another discussion about. I mean, there's so much we could talk about. Well, I could tell you quickly my five step process for follower growth um, yeah, because sure. it, it surprises a lot of people because they think I'm just going to say go out and like follow people, right? But step number one. Don't do that. Yeah, well, actually, you can. You can follow people to find your tribe. But that's not where you start. You start with creating that awesome first impression. And that's the step everyone misses. And then they spend all this time engaging. And they're wondering why people are not following them because their first impression stinks. You know, <laughs> they didn't do update their bio. They didn't, they didn't make it inviting for people to follow them, right? Step number two is to share great content obviously, but if you don't have a posting plan, then you might not be sharing great content, right? Uh, step number three is to make that content discoverable. And there's a lot of different ways to do that, but obviously hashtags are going to be one of the ways to make your content discoverable. So really knowing how to use hashtags correctly, knowing the right ones to use, knowing the ones not to use. And um, then step number four is finding your audience. And we can actually use hashtags to find our audience. And then step five is to, in, once you found that audience, engage with that audience every day for five to 10 minutes. That could be during commercial breaks. That could be morning coffee on your exercise bike. Um, that could be on the toilet. Doesn't matter. <laughs> engage with that audience every single day and just send social signals. So that could be following people, like-minded people. That could be liking their posts, commenting their posts, just joining their conversations. And we're talking about platforms like Twitter and Instagram, obviously. Um, so, but just really, you know, make sure that you're mindful of not just jumping to number five and engaging because you want followers faster or like just using stupid hashtags like follow for follow, which aren't going to attract mm -hmm. the right audience that are going to actually care about the things that you care about. Followers, of course. <laughs> And make sure you're, you're creating that first impression so that, you know, all this time you're spending on social media and all this time growing your audience isn't a waste of time. Okay. So, um, so make your, sure you're doing one, two, three, four, and five for your audience building. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. I, like I said, I've been following you and like subscribe to your newsletter and everything for the past couple of years and just so thankful and grateful for everything that you've shared with us and our and our community uh, today. And everyone, I highly suggest check out her free ultimate social media checklist for actors on www.checklistforactors.com. Perfect. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. And where can people find you, Heidi? You as well as marketing for actors. Well, they can find me on social media, of course. And, what? Um, yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. And, oh, hey, guys, yeah, we just exactly. walked in. What's social media? What's social media? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, yeah, just look up Marketing for Actor. That's the number four on Twitter because they only give me 15 characters. So it's Marketing for Actor. And then Instagram, it's Marketing for Actors. Um, and just go to marketingforactors.com and you'll find everything there. All the free stuff, all the, you know, all the goodies and all my social handles are there as well. And you also teach classes for businesses as well, correct? I do. I actually work with a lot of businesses, even though I say I, you know, I'm a social media coach for actors. I work with a lot of businesses that market to actors. <laughs> I work with, um, uh, I work with people with podcasts. I work with, um, radio hosts. I work with What's filmmakers. A podcast? 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you so much. Like Michael said, I I, I love that you have such a focused um, social media platform, uh, 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 workshop, and business that focuses on creators and the business of doing it. Because, like I said, it's so rare to find something like that. And uh, thank you so much for taking your time to come on here and just spill some of your secrets <laughs> and 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 share your knowledge. Uh, we we truly appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And before you go, though. We have a tradition here on the show to always end with something fun and lighthearted. And I was wondering, are you up for a little bit of a game? Uh, sure. It's a quick, am it's very, regret, am I going to regret that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's very quick and, 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 and family friendly. Promise. Okay. Let me have a so, sip of coffee. <laughs> all right, take, yes, take a sip of coffee. All right. Um, I'm you, ready. Usually I ask this question before we get started, but I, I, I in our technological stress i forgot to so uh, uh i'm gonna do it now um can you please uh well we'll do it as we go so before f- uh facebook and after friendster there was a place that michael mentioned earlier called myspace Yay, and on like myspace tom from myspace i love yes tom. tom was everybody's first friend <laughs> uh the top six friend list or eight uh friend list was a uh point of der- division between friends have you put me in your top six yet daniel <laughs> no um and uh you had to listen to what if god was one of us while you waited for someone's profile to load <laughs> Uh, one of the great things about MySpace were their quizzes. These were before BuzzFeed quizzes and other quizzes that gave you any kind of answer. These were just quizzes to tell people about you. And so there was no uh, satisfying end to them. They were just you spilling about your life. And I found one of those quizzes. It's 167 questions. Don't worry. I'm not going to ask you all 167 <laughs> questions. But I'm going to ask you to one by one pick six numbers. And I'm going to ask you the question that goes with those numbers. Now, the way we play this is I, there's no stories. There's no uh, 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 long form answers. These are short answers because that's what makes it fun is it's just quick and funny and ridiculous. So, Heidi Dean, are yes. you ready to have your MySpace quiz? Yes. All right. What is your first number between 20, 1 and 167? 27. Do you have any tattoos? No. All right. What's your next number? Uh, two. <laughs> what was the last phone call you made? My mom. Oh. All right. Next question. 45. Ooh, moving on up here. 45. Do you have, have you ever lost glasses or contacts? No. All right. Well, look good for you. Do you wear glasses? This is me just asking. I don't have glasses. So. Oh, so there you <laughs> go. Blessed My husband condition. loses them all the time, though. My husband loses them. <laughs> um, right. For your next number. There you go. For the one, next, I was about to say, the next three numbers, let's stay in the hundreds. 145. <laughs> have you ever been on TV? Yes. All right. Nice. Well, what's your next number? <laughs> 101. Oh, somebody call 101. What year has been your best year? Ooh, 2014. Oh, I wish people would wanted to know what that was about, but we're not going to tell you. What's your <laughs> last, what's the last number you have? The last number? 167. Oh, going to the final question. Heidi Dean, your last MySpace quiz question is, have you ever found something valuable on the ground? Yes. 
All right. And that was your MySpace quiz question. <laughs> awesome. We really need some music for this. <laughs> it's I like, da, 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 da. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Thanks. I appreciate that. My, Heidi, thank you so much again for taking your time to talk to us. You are simply the sweetest person. I enjoy just chatting with you on social media and, and, and seeing the things you post. You're so supportive of everyone. And it's just, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And I'm oh. so excited to start using the tools and read the articles and all of the ideas that you share, not only on your weekly newsletter, but also just the you know information you share out there in the world. It's, it's such a great resource and I'm so excited to use these tools. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. <laughs> no problem. Maybe one day we'll have you back for something more specific, like followers or engagement, <laughs> to get a little more detail. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds great. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And uh, we'll talk to you on social media. <laughs> okay, I will see you guys on social. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, welcome back. Michael here uh, for a outro discussion. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Heidi Dean. Lots of information thrown your way, a lot of social media information and I know myself, I'm not too with it with social media. My social media could be better. And today's uh, outro discussion guest is not Daniel Tuttle, actually. Uh, We weren't able to sync up our schedules this week, so I thought of someone who has a mad social media game, and she also just happens to be the love of my life. Uh, She is a uh, fitness entrepreneur. She is a model, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, she's also going to be my wife in just over a year. <laughs> Her name is Anna Karen Ranhell. Hi, Anna. Hello. <laughs> we are at home uh, recording here. Um, how's it going? It's going great. It's <laughs> a little weird. It's a little weird being on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I mean, normally you see me just toiling away on this in the wee hours of the night. And you're like, Michael, it's time to go to sleep. And I'm like, nope, got to keep on working. Yep. working until two in the morning yes sometimes quite often you know (laughs) one one of those phrases is true but thank you so much for being here on the podcast and everything um i was just saying you're uh you're a model you're a personal uh trainer and all that but tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um well i'm i'm native to la you're an angelina Ooh. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was born in Mexico, but I was raised in L.A. by a single mother um, at three years old. And we, yeah, pretty much a valley girl, lived all around the valley. <laughs> uh, you can probably hear a little bit of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> she she is an L- she is someone Which from L.A. Michael likes to bring up a lot. I didn't realize I had an accent, but apparently I have a little bit of a valley girl accent. Hey, we all have accents. <laughs> I have the classic Vacavillian uh, accent. So yeah, um, but yeah, uh, just recently got certified. Well, not recently. I think about a year. I think it's been a year now. I've been certified as a personal trainer, and I've been modeling for the past. God, I want to say I I did some modeling when I was younger, like when I was. But you weren't modeling when, like, we started dating. No. Um, No. Actually, I started modeling when I was around 13 years old. 
Uh, my mom would take me to agencies or different castings, and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to be there. And yeah, I I remember actually going to the last casting call I went to, I left crying because I was, I think I was 110 pounds at that time. Also, I'm 5'3", five, five, so I'm very petite. Um, and I remember a one of the agencies said that I didn't fit in the petite standard. So Eesh. I was a little bit overweight for my height and I was a 110. So and, and how old were you at the time? I think I was 13. Oh, that's got to be. And so I left crying and I was like, never again. And then here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then I started. I went to a photography class with my brother. Um, he was doing photography, actually. I was doing graphic design. And his photography class needed a model. So that's how I started modeling again. I started doing it for friends, for my brother. And eventually, um, when we met, started, it just got, I just was starting to get back into it and building my portfolio again and found a love for it. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah, no, because I remember when we started that was something that you were just starting to dip your toes into. And I I, yeah. I was very much like, go for it. Yeah, you know? If you're, you're going to do it, do it. Yeah, because I really did enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy certain aspects of modeling. And I think that was because I was with an agency. And there's just a lot of negative things when it comes to modeling. But there's also some great things. And I realized that if I was going to start doing modeling modeling again it was gonna be in my own way mm -hmm. which is why I started like freelancing I do have an agency now but I still take control of what I choose to model and what I don't well one of the reasons why I also thought you would be so perfect to kind of talk about social media in this outro discussion is that I feel like out of all of the arts in some ways modeling if you you get the most out of social media if you're a model like that is your direct platform as an actor i i need a stage well, yeah, or it's all a photos. film crew and stuff whereas modeling yeah it's it's all in the photo it's all in the craft of the the frame as it were um so i i thought that you would be perfect to talk about social media what 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 were your thoughts on today's interview with Heidi Dean for me, it was it was a great interview. Uh, it was a great interview because I did it did reinstate things about consistency with social media. I know for me, I go through these phases where I'm really, really great about it. And then when I don't see the growth, I fall out of it mm -hmm. because in that, that point, I'm like, well, what's the point? I'm not getting any more growth than I'm getting. And I think. I think for me, one of the things she said is about talking about your personality and making sure you're showing that and making sure you're putting your best face forward. And I do have a lot of my work on my Instagram. I do show, show my versatility, but I don't show my personal life. And I think that's what's stopped my growth in social media. Well, um, I know she also t gives tips on what uh, specific apps to use to help track your analytics, to track your growth, and to also help with consistency. We, right. on the podcast, we use a scheduling app called Buffer, uh, B-U-F-F-E-R. Uh, she also uh, talked about Hootsuite and Meet Edgar 
are a couple other tools that she uses. Um, for Buffer, I know it's you know it could be as low as ten dollars a month, and it allows you to schedule out your posts across Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that. So if if scheduling can be, you know, I I, I say this giving the advice, but I know I also need to hear it myself. Um, that those are some tools to help with scheduling, and you can also use their tools built in their program to track how your posts are doing in terms of engagement and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, scheduling is something that I'm working more towards in my new channel for fitness. It's uh, home bodies by underscore AK. Um, so with this page, uh, when I got my certification, I was a little unsure of the path I want to take. Um, my my love for fitness and nutrition. Um, a big part of me, the reason why I got into fitness was through online videos and online gyms. And that's what really got me in shape. That's what really motivated me to be able to work out every day and keep up with that routine. And I kind of want to give back and do the same. Uh, joining a gym and training um that seemed more like something of a sales uh job than anything else and so with my page I really want to cater to the same people who don't have the time to work out that don't have necessarily the means to afford a gym membership yeah um because it's a lot of work it's like getting dressed finding the time to go, finding parking, going to the gym, trying to find a machine that's available. And it's it's very time consuming. And for the amount of work that you're actually putting in, it doesn't match up to the time you're actually putting in the gym. Mm -hmm. So um, with this fitness page, I want to do uh, give you basic workouts people can do at home with no equipment or very little equipment. And quick 30 second workouts that they can do in intervals. Um, so very similar to HIIT workouts, um, strength training. And what, what I like about that real quick, just jumping in is that means like if people go on your Instagram page, there will be like a series of three videos or three pictures or something like that, giving uh, each one has a specific set of workouts. But if you choose like those two pictures or those three videos and you just incorporate those into sets and routines that's a full workout right yes so that's what I'm actually working on at the moment right now it's just a lot of recording myself doing silly workouts on my own <laughs> it's all stuff and on the back end it's all on the back end and a lot more time consuming than my modeling page <laughs> so, sounds like running a podcast yes just a little bit <laughs> this this discussion you have with Heidi it's also kind of giving me ideas like, okay, well, I need to figure out a way to schedule these. I need to be more consistent with these because if someone's following me and this is the only workouts they are doing, they need a more consistent videos every week. It's not like my modeling pictures where it's like, oh, when's her next modeling picture going to come out? Mm -hmm. It's nothing like that. It's like, oh, I want to do a workout, but she hasn't uploaded anything. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And there's also specific analytics of like, when is the best time to post right. something like that? And I also think you touched on something, you know, you, you do have difficulty sharing um, personal stuff on on your insta story or not necessarily insta stories but instagram and stuff i also have that issue as well and what did you think about 
uh, Heidi, she talked about her the nunyas, like celebrities even have a list of things that they that are part of their brand and things that are off. Like that's not part of my brand. So you focus your attention on one particular aspect, and then you know you leave other personal aspects alone. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? I think that's great, um, especially like I said, for someone who does leave a private life. It's, in, I think one thing she mentioned is try to find your niche mm-hmm. and what you love. Like, I love cats. I love my cat. So <laughs> you may or may I, not hear him in this uh, outdoor discussion. Uh, and if I he love LA <laughs> and I love food and drinks and everything. And so I try to do that instead of posting things about my family, about a relationship. I'm not that kind of person that's going to be posting lovey-dovey photos every second no no oh <laughs> but i do when it's a, a very significant moment in my life like our engagement mm-hmm. or a very special moment i'm very more particular about what i post and when i post it sometimes now i try to just leave those for the instagram stories because mm-hmm. i find that like this is my day-to-day life these are my friends um this is a little bit of an insight um, and if you follow me or if you, you know, some people look at it, some people don't, but it's not permanently in my profile for everyone to see every day. Right. It's not something that you have to keep up. Exactly. Or because what, what you're using your Instagram for, as you were saying, is your portfolio of, uh, as a model and right. everything. So your Instagram landing page is all of your portraits, the the shots of you doing photography and everything like that. And then the Insta story is the personal life. Um, now you're only mostly on Instagram, right? Um, yes. I'm trying to be better uh, being at other social media. I think one of the things I really have to start doing is Twitter. Um, and I think that's something I'm going to want to start doing once I keep up with my fitness page. I'm glad that this interview really, and that's why I wanted you to come on this with me is because I feel like you're someone who could particularly gain a lot from this interview with Heidi. And you know, for me, you know, my struggles with social media. I think when I came down to LA, I was very much in the generation, like I was there for the MySpace to Facebook transition. Instagram was very new and coming to LA and stuff, you're just Besides just adapting to a new city, finding means to pay rent and also trying to book work and auditions and stuff like social media for me has always been the thing that has fallen to the wayside for me. And you were just talking about consistency and uh, accountability, I think, is there as well. And, you know, I was in a situation last week when I did the Medigan uh, command performance and I had several friends uh, that I haven't seen for a couple of years come and see the show. And when I mentioned this podcast to them. They kind of had this, like, you know, the eyebrow went up and they're like, wait, you have a a podcast. And I realized it's, I haven't been sharing as much of the podcast for whatever reason. It's probably just because I'm really busy and I don't think about it. But like the fact that they came down and saw me, they saw the show posting on, on my social media, but they hadn't seen the podcast appear on my uh, Facebook yet. So that was like an interesting thing for me of like, wow. I need to be more consistent about the specific projects that I'm a part of and and make sure that I'm giving each one equal uh, time as well as my personal life as well. Um, but speaking of personal life and things, um, 
Any exciting updates going on with you? I know we just had a pretty big thing happen this week. We booked a venue. We did book a venue. In downtown LA. Yes. And it's going to be October 24th, 2019. Yep. No backing out now. (laughs) No backing out now. (laughs) There's a contract now. Yes. And I've been telling, you know, a couple people, like I remember uh, telling, I think it was Daniel. And I was like, well, yeah, we locked it down. He was like, whoa, that was fast. Because <laughs> it's if you think about it, it's only it was only a couple months ago here on the podcast that uh, I was alluding to proposing to you uh, later that week. Well, yeah, but I think we started looking for events like almost immediate event spaces um, immediately the next day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, one of the we things I was just fast. so excited to propose to you about was that I've been thinking I had so many ideas about us getting married one day, and now I could finally have a conversation with you <laughs> about it. I think it was like the, you know, I proposed to you on the Thursday, Friday, we went to Big Bear and Saturday morning, we were having coffee on the porch of our cabin. And I was like, so do you have any ideas for the wedding? Yeah. And those ideas just haven't stopped. <laughs> yeah. And we, I have a very um, particular aesthetic. So that was very easy for me. Like, I want this. I don't want that. And I think for us, it was just like um, locking down an event space. Once you lock down an event space, everything just falls together. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the holidays are coming up. So I really don't want to be looking at places to book in the middle of Christmas. Oh, my gosh. That sounds (laughs) like like, a nightmare. Let's get it done now (laughs) and then not worry about anything until next year. Exactly. And, you know, it's so true, though. Like now that we have the event space, we can really start planning everything out in small chunks. Uh, we're, we may have a w- wedding hustle uh, mini series happen here on the podcast, folks. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll be released next year or so, but you know, our next goals are save the dates and designing a website. And I'm going to let you design the website because you're really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also uh, podcast related though. We can finally announce here on the podcast that our my brother and the executive producer of Hollywood Hustle, Daniel Tuttle, he's going to be officiating our wedding. Yep. And his son's going to be the ring bearer. Yes. The ring bearer. Am, am I are, saying that right? Yeah. Ring bearer, bearer. Ring bearer. Um, <laughs> are we going to dress him up like a bear? As a bear? That would be adorable. Oh, my God. That sounds actually really cute. Um, <laughs> Can we actually have a little bear? Like a little cub. <laughs> or Daniel, could we just dress up your son like a bear? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that question in the final cut of this. He he can answer it maybe next week on the podcast. But that was one of the first things I think that I asked you when it came to wedding ideas and stuff was, Hey, could Daniel be the one to officiate us? Yeah. And yeah, for me, like there was just no question. I mean He's he's pretty good at talking, as 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 we heard in uh, today's uh, interview. But yeah, is he gonna be recording like an Instagram live while he's? I'd like to think like us? while we're getting married, we're also gonna be recording the audio of the microphone. So at the top of the ceremony, you'll just hear the intro music for our podcast, and he'll be like, "And welcome to episode one thirty nine of the Hollywood Hustle podcast." My name is Michael. Uh, my name is Daniel Tuttle. Uh, da, 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 da. And today we're inter- we're marrying Michael and Anna Karen. <laughs> Instagram live thing wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, um, but you you know, podcast listeners, you heard it here. Uh, we are going to have some type of Hollywood Hustle 
ish wedding with uh, you know the host of the show officiating our wedding. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, but speaking of more support that we're going to be getting uh, throughout the year and everything like that, one thing, Anna, that we do here on the show is every week we give what's called hustle support statements. These are ju- this is just a moment in which myself and Daniel, or in this instance, our special guest, we can give you some advice for you to take on with you throughout the week. It doesn't necessarily have to be a long monologue. Sometimes it's related to the interview. Sometimes it's not. And it's just all support that we're trying to give you as you're going on with your journey. Um, Anna, would you like to start us off? Uh, sure. So like I said, I'm a very private person. So a lot of my posts consist of my work and my work alone. Although it's great to express my versatility, I think it's important for actors, models, and myself to remember that agencies, companies, and photographers are need to get an insight on your personality and image of who you are. So uploading content that reflects who you are as a person is one of the main keys to find success on any social media platform. So I think for me to remember and for everyone to remember is that authenticity is the key to success. Boom! (laughs) And you're going to be on the podcast now every week doing hustle support statements because dang girl, I liked it. That was really good. Um, I, here is my hustle support statement. I don't know if it's written nearly as well as yours, but here we go. So as I've shared on this podcast and in this interview, social media for me is a hustle. It's it's something that I have to work on. I am someone who naturally promotes the work of others over myself. It's interesting. So in this instance, the actor has a problem being the center of attention. But I've realized that that is the wrong way to approach social media as a look at me megaphone. If you're someone like me, Let's approach social media this week as a means to support one another, to create a conversation. To throw it back to our interview with Brian G. Peters from Buffer, don't try to be perfect. Just be yourself. With that, this week, I'm going to begin the work to redefine what my brand is as an actor. Reflect on the roles that I've been playing recently, the stories that I connect with the most, but most importantly, reach out to you, our league of hustle, and find out what my brand is. I used to be the nerdy best friend with a secret, but I've changed so much since then over just the past couple of years, and I need to pinpoint that. So I'm going to start a conversation with you guys on social media. I'll be posting uh, some of my more recent headshots, and I'm so excited to hear from you, hear from you guys who, what type of roles you see me playing, and let that help navigate me on my journey. Um... And on social media, I am at Michael Lutheran on Twitter and on Instagram. Anna, uh, what are your social media handles? So my modeling social media, it's art, which stands for my initials, Anna Karen Renhell. So it's A-R-T underscore Anna Karen. Um, as far as my fitness page, which I also want to know is just starting out. There's it's not okay. much in there, but there will be. It's homebodies by underscore AK. Yeah, so make sure you hit subscribe to that to make sure that once uh, we start uploading uh, videos to that page and everything, you can start 
doing the workout hustle. Huh? See what I did there? See what I did? And also make sure you follow our guest, Heidi Dean. She is at marketing for actor on Twitter. Uh, that is marketing the number four and actor marketing for actor. And on Instagram and Facebook, she is at marketing the number four actors. So the difference between Twitter and Instagram is uh, on Instagram, include the S on Twitter, do not. So that is at marketing for actor on Twitter and at marketing for actors on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can just check out her website, marketingforactors.com. Here on the podcast, join us for our conversation. Uh, on Twitter, we are at LA Hustlecast and on Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. Also, again, as I shared in my hustle support statement, I am at Michael Lutheran, so I would love it if you join me this week and the coming weeks as I start to ask questions about the type and how I've changed and how I've grown, and I'm really excited for that. And if you also want to check out another episode in which we dissect the social media hustle, a few episodes back in episode 60, we sat down with Brian G. Peters, the marketing strategist for the social media scheduling app Buffer. So that's uh, go a few episodes back and you can check it out there. Also, uh, in terms of the podcast, I, we all know that you sometimes don't have a full hour, hour and a half to listen to our full episodes. And that's why we have what are called side hustles. These are just 15 to 20 minute preview episodes highlighting uh, certain key points in the conversations that we have with our guests. But to give you an idea of the conversation that we're having this week on the podcast. That way you can still engage with us on social media and send us any questions that you may have. So definitely check that out. Thank you everyone so much for joining us uh, this week on the podcast. Uh, make sure to hit subscribe if you're really enjoying this content, if you feel like we're bringing value to you and your journey, and you want to keep on getting tips of how one thrives and survives in Los Angeles or New York City or wherever, uh, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. That way you can be up to date with the hustle every week. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a while and you want to support us, consider making an either one time or a monthly uh, reoccurring contribution uh, financially to our website. Uh, we You go to hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. On the bottom of our page is a PayPal button. Just hit donate. You can enter however much money. It could be a dollar, could be three dollars, could be ten. All of that goes back directly into the podcast. We're really working hard on uh, new things for season three. It's just a few months away, but we're already about to start recording for that. So uh, we can, you know, really appreciate any support that we can get from there. Um, now, next week on the podcast, uh, we take a trip up north across the border to Vancouver, up in Canada, and we chat with Helena Santo. She's an actor, writer, producer, and co-creator of Ms. in the Biz, the go-to resource for female entrepreneurs in the entertainment industry. In Act 1, you'll hear all about her journey of how she started in Southern California, how she got into acting and producing her own work, and what led into her opting to live the dual city life of Vancouver and Los Angeles. So a lot more coming to you in next week here on the podcast. And also want to quickly thank the love of my life, my fiance, uh, Anna Karen Ranhell. Thank you so much, Anna, for joining me this week for an outro discussion. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
thank you. So thank you so much to Anna, my love, for joining us this week on the podcast. Thank you so much to Heidi Dean for sharing so much great information uh, to us and to you guys uh, to help us all out on our journey. So until next time, that's it for episode 72 of the podcast. There we go. That's it. So until next time, guys, in episode 73, keep up the hustle. This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer. Michael Lutheran produced and edited today's episode. And Mike Tobias edited our website, which you can visit at www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.